I would like to see an action movie where they hide a fugitive by having him play a stormtrooper. So they don't know where he is, and he was in a stormtrooper well, the whole time. I have some really good news for you. If you're a fan of, of people disguising themselves as stormtroopers, there's a little film called Star Wars you might be interested in. <laughs> uh, good. That was pretty good. Good Star Wars joke. Uh, you uh, got me. Brunch. Hit it, boys! I got shamed this week. Oh, about what? Uh, my body. Oh, yeah? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I, no. No one can shame my body worse than I fucking shame my own body. That's pretty true. Did uh, you get shamed? I go, well, I got shamed. I uh, When I went to the movies to see Disaster Artist, which we reviewed this week, mm-hmm. I was walking out, and there was a kid in a group of people behind me. Kid, they were probably in their 20s, and oh, he was wearing nice. a Whitney sweatshirt. The band Whitney. Okay. And I love the band Whitney. Mm -hmm. So I said... Nah, you just couldn't help yourself. Hey, nice sweatshirt, man. They're awesome. And he was like, okay, fucking freak. And I was like, (laughs) "Uh, a cool fucking guy just complimented your fucking sweatshirt, idiot. And then I realized he doesn't know I'm a cool guy. To him, I'm just some fucking guy at the movies by himself on a fucking Tuesday night or whatever. So he was like, get this fucking creep away from me. And I, I wanted to be like, dude... Fuck, man. Like, I'll tell you stuff about Whitney that'll make your fucking toes curl. I, the shit, I, dude, I'm such a cool fucking Whitney fan. Get out of here. Whisper sweet Whitney Whitney nothings in your ear. Also, I will never get past the review that said that the girl's boyfriend whispers just a young gun during sex. Which is clearly not a lie because the person that left the review tweeted at their girlfriend saying, basically, Hey, I told them. I told well, them that I did this to you. No, I thought it was sh- a girl said that her boyfriend oh, does it. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was confirmed by the boyfriend that he actually did it. That is hilarious. Uh, to our uh, to our sexually active listeners, give it a spin. Try it. Just whisper. Just a young gun. It's a uh, major turn on. We just, for us at least. <laughs> right. We just uh, had a conversation before we started recording this podcast that we're going to make a sex playlist for the podcast. <laughs> just what you guys fucking want from us. Yes. Uh, things that we know a lot about. Oh yeah, uh, we know about playlists. But here's the twist on the sex playlist. It's going to be like three to five. Love making songs, right? Like, like the usual suspects, songs. yeah, yeah. And then after those three to five songs, it's just thunder a hundred times. Yes. Also at the movies, for the first time I think in my life, I had burnt popcorn. Oh, has I, a movie def- theater I've ever had. had burnt popcorn? But really? Yeah. I mean, like it was it was probably like a shitty movie theater, mm. but. Was this like an AMC? This was an AMC. Oh, yeah. My fucking there's no excuse there. That's like theater. the one thing that you. The, I don't ask a lot out of my uh, concessions yeah. at, a, at a movie theater because there's not really a lot to ask. Mm-hmm. Have popcorn. Have candy. Yeah. Make sure you stick the fucking cookie dough yeah, bites God. in the freezer. I yes, hate. I know. I hate because that happens. I told a you lot. I wrote a letter over that. Did right? you? Really? Yeah, I wrote I didn't a letter because that. they they stopped putting them for a while. They stopped putting them in the freezer and i wrote a letter and it was that's like the first fucking letter i've written ever like i've never written like a thank you letter you, you I've know never... who writes letters racist people yeah right <laughs> racist uh, yeah. people being like hey 
I don't like what this black person right, is doing. Right, yeah. So I had to run the risk of being like a bad person who's on the wrong side of history. Right. Because they would be like, listen, listen, Mr. Old White Guy, we don't put them in the fucking freezer anymore. And if you don't like it, I'm like, well, I don't like it. And another thing. And they're like, I bet the other thing's going to be racist. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's, it's, there's no real like... That's you're never right when you're writing a letter yeah. in 2017. Yeah, because people hopefully have considered everything by now. And even a letter still needs to be written. There is the possibility that uh, the people receiving the letter are more racist. So that's why the letter has to be written. Uh, the last letter writing instance I heard of was my buddy's a cop. And uh, the one of the funeral homes in Waltham got a letter from a resident uh, complaining about the uh, the police, we support our police mm-hmm. flag that they hung outside the funeral home. Yeah, and they got a letter from like this social justice warrior being like, "Hey, uh, what are you trying to say with that? We support the police uh, flag that you're hanging outside your funeral home. Are you supporting the police killing uh, mm. killing young black people because it gives you more business?" And I was like, that's a fucking oh, stretch. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's literally just a community business right. supporting the the community police. Holy smoke. So that was uh, a yeah. uh, again, that's there's no good reason to write a letter in 2017. That is uh that's not amazing. Got a shout out Queens of Stone Age, Josh Home. I uh, just kicked a girl <laughs> in the face and she had to go to the hospital. And he apologized for it because he kicked a girl in the face. So brave uh, of him. Very yeah. Um, I don't know the fuck. Like what, what the fuck are we doing these days? We're kicking people. Most in of the us face. are not kicking women in the face. But this is like it's going in the fucking wrong direction. Like Cam Newton did the like why do females talk about routes? And we're like, dude, what the fuck? That is horrible. You have berated this woman. We're like don't worry. Like we're learning. Everybody like guys are learning from their mistakes. Like one month later, famous man physically hurts woman i mean to me the bigger issue is that i had to monitor the uh live poll results of a pedophile running yeah. against a normal person <laughs> yes. presumably right so to me that's more the issue i probably shouldn't have to check the live updates if yeah. there's a pedophile uh, just hanging out with teenagers at a mall and, and like literally getting banned from malls. Right. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to seek re-election. And I have to check the live updates on that poll. Right. Comes uh, down to the wire. Yeah. Not ideal, yeah. to be honest. Uh, but, hey, uh, faith restored in humanity. He did, mm. he, he lost by a couple points. Right. So, uh, as you mentioned, we saw the Disaster Artist this week. But here's the real big, cool fucking movie that's out now. Uh, Star Wars 5 is out, and everyone's real jazzed about it. So we had Greg Wyshynski from ESPN on to talk about it. He's a big Star, Star Wars, Wars guy. Five. Told us all about it. It was a really captivating conversation, as you'll be able to hear. I was I was with, with it the whole you way. You enthused. I only tried to fashion my microphone cable into a noose like seven times. I felt it it sucked because like you know when you can feel yourself being rude. Like I I was like I'm being rude but I'm it's I'm really not being malicious. I just luckily Greg is a, a person oh, yeah. who can handle that. Like, and Greg, he's the best. And he was more like w- looking out for me. He was like, <laughs> right. "I think you'd like it, DJ. Please." And I'm like, "Stop talking. I want to die." Uh, uh, so here's our conversation with uh, Greg Wyshynski about Star Wars. All right, we're talking Star Wars here with Greg Wyshynski. Greg, tell us about Star Wars. 
What is it? Star Wars. Uh, I'm, magnificent. I would, I, I, so I would watch Star Wars if it was like that. If it was like the let's go to the movies thing from Annie, when it's like Star, that'd be amazing. I, uh, I, I, I was a Star Wars mega fan. I grew up loving the films and uh, playing with the action figures and having adventures with the action figures. And, and uh, I read Star Wars books. What? are Star Wars books because I've seen people what are Star Wars movies <laughs> I've seen people like reading Star Wars books and I are they just the same shit as movie or is it like fan fiction stuff it's more fan fiction stuff. I mean, what George Lucas did was he created movies that were overstuffed with characters and locations that then could become toys. And on top of becoming toys, they could also become books. So we had what was called the extended universe, which was basically an excuse for, you know, every monster that was inside of Jabba's uh, cantina uh, gets its own story uh, written by some sci-fi writer. It's a, and, and on top of like you know the the Luke Skywalker books and the Han Solo books to try to flesh out those characters as well. But what happened? What, what happened was when the uh, when Star Wars was sold to Disney, they made all of those old stories legends, so they're not actually part of the canon anymore. Uh, this is all very confusing. Oh. Um, <laughs> so uh, so like. You're, you just talked about Star Wars the way that Star Wars people talk about Star Wars. And what's weird about Star Wars people is they're not crazy. They're, they're crazy about this stupid thing. I have no idea what in the world it could possibly be. But like you just did that whole thing and said a bunch of things about canteens I've never heard before. And then it's like Don Draper in the first episode of Mad Men. You see this one side of this person and then they go home to their wife. And it's a nor- and it's like this totally different thing. After this conversation, after you're telling me about Jabba and all these things, uh, you're going to go back to writing about hockey, and you can go a couple days without talking about Star Wars. It's the weirdest obsession because it's so compartmentalized, but people are all the way in on it. Picture Star Wars as a carousel. Um, no, it's a uh, yeah. No, it it very much is like that. I mean, I think I think that's it's like that with any. Any obsession? No, uh, it isn't. no, it's not like that with anything. I'm obsessed with like I'm obsessed with the Beatles or whatever. I can't go a couple hours without talking about the Beatles. We're gonna talk about Star Wars, and you're gonna say something that reminds me of the Beatles, and I'm gonna tell a story about how the time they put the the uh, blanket in a kick drum for the first time. That's what a real obsession is. You get mentionitis. You talk about it all the time. I'm never talking to like I've I've spoken to you a million times and. You've never spoken to me about Star Wars because you're like, I, this isn't a Star Wars conversation. But yeah, because we can we can smell it on you. We know that you're not one of us, and why would we waste time trying to explain? You know, there Star Wars people are like when you're from Jersey and you automatically get along with somebody from Jersey because you're both from Jersey. Like Star trash. Wars people can smell it on each other, and then you can <laughs> shut up, yeah. and then and then. You can have entire con- – like I once had entire conversations with my friend Mike Moyer back in Jersey that I think we went the entire day just quoting Star Wars, and that's exactly how we conversed for an entire day. Um, right. That's a shame I missed it. Um, <laughs> did uh, – well, what's, what's the thing with uh, every you, – do you know that every girl who's from Jersey refers to themselves as a uh, Jersey girl at heart? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, and it's also they have bumper stickers that say the same thing. They have bumper stickers that say Jersey Girl so they could be identified. Their cars can be identified in other states as being from Jersey. Because they're women driving and there's a Jersey license plate on the car. No, no, no. There's, it's a bumper sticker that says Jersey Girl. Right, but oh. you said that they do that to be identified from what state they're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, license plates do that. 
No, but this is this is if you're like if you live in like Indiana and you have an Indiana plate that says Hoosiers for life or whatever they say, you put the sticker on the car that says Jersey Girl so you can represent Jersey while also being a licensed driver in 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 Indiana where you would get a, a, a citation of some sort if you didn't have updated plates. You know, well, why would you made, want to yeah. represent Jersey? Because it's a, you know, there's the a certain amount there. of pride. It's a pride. It's a prideful place to come from. I mean, we, it's a classic underdog story. Hmm. You know what's funny? We were talking about Boston a lot last this episode. Uh, Boston people are like so mean and angry <laughs> to towards each other, and they, like they act like Boston is like this miserable bad place. And then if anybody says anything bad about Boston, they're like, "I'll kill you." <laughs> They're uh, we're a hypocritical bunch. We're very fun. We yeah, I think I think I think Jersey's the same way. I mean, like you know, it's like in Coyote Ugly. We're all all uh, she wants to do is is escape to the big city, uh, and uh, and then and then at some point she realizes maybe the big city wasn't all it was cracked up to be. That's I will Jersey say, for you. People went too crazy with that song at the time. The Leanne Rhymes can't fight the moonlight, but that song is heat. And also, Leanne Rhymes is very underrated heat. Just all, all together, good songs, <laughs> s- smoking pretty. I know you guys. You guys talk about T Swift a lot on the show, and like, I think Leanne Rhymes might have been our first country songstress to really try to leverage the pop thing, but it didn't work. Uh, oh, the, but it didn't work. I was well. I was going to say Shania Twain's a biggie there, Faith Hill, um, and nowadays you have all these like bozos. They're like twenty-six-year-old dad bod guys who (laughs) can't have any genre because they're not good at any of them so then they but the different like like can't stop the moonlight's a legit pop song like it's not there's no like i I think shania twain and 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 faith hill always kind of let kept one boot inside Mm -hmm. of country music uh and but i think leanne rhymes was the first one to try to give herself completely over to pop like t swift did but was unable to do so that's because she didn't have max martin to do it with see they chose shania twain did it with mutt lang that's going to be a hit uh, T Swift does it with Max Martin. No clue who mm-hmm. Leanne Rams is working with. This is a, that reminds me of the Beatles actually. Uh, when Star they, Wars conversation yeah. that <laughs> two pop music in about thirty seconds, which is that's how I have a, of this that, That's how I have a conversation about Star Wars. <laughs> yes. I immediately pivot it to something that's safe for me. Uh, here's a question about Star Wars: Do they ever show blood? I feel like they're always wearing a lot of suits and a lot of thick suits, and they're, they've got to be shooting each other. There are so many of those fucking gun things that they have. Does it? And they like cut each other with their uh, with lightsabers. Do do? They, I don't think I've ever seen like. Is there like a pool of blood after one of those fights? Well, there, there's two examples. Pete, did you, Pete, did you get around to seeing the Force Awakens? I did. Oh yeah, Pete. What's just real quick? Have you seen the Star Wars movies? I saw. I watched all six of them before the Force Awakens yeah. came out. So I was late to the boat, but I watched them all, and then I watched Force Awakens. And now I'm in. Hmm. And I correct me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, but I believe Kylo Ren does have some blood on his mug during the the finale of that flick when he gets sliced up a little bit. Yeah, he does. He gets messed up in the, in the woods, doesn't he? Yeah, I, so there's blood and then of course in the in the first film there's a, there's a lot of blood cuz in the, the famous scene in the canteen episode 1 uh, 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 Star Wars uh, episode 4 a new hope released in 77 in the in that film in the scene where Obi-Wan and 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 Luke Skywalker go into the most Eisley cantina bar 
uh, and they're accosted by two uh, local ruffians when uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi slices off the arm of one of those ruffians with his lightsaber, lightsaber, it cuts to the arm on the floor and there's a pool of blood next to it. But otherwise, there's no blood in these films because, as you know, we're talking about laser weapons. Laser weapons automatically cauterize the wound as soon as ah, you're, you're hit. That's yeah, actually not bad. So. Um, who is your favorite Star Wars character? That's a really good question. I Thanks. think it. I think I think it's one of these deals that it changes over time. Like uh, you know, when you're a kid, maybe you, you identified most with like uh, Luke Skywalker because he was a, a simple farm boy, uh, and then you know, eventually it's Han Solo because you know you're, you're, you're you you want to get with with the ladies. Um, and now, uh, since uh, you know I've reached a certain point in life. It's it's probably uh, Yoda because you you're old, you're just very old, and you're and you feel small, and you feel like you need to climb on the backs of other characters, and they can carry you around, even though you're a, a master of your craft. If you're a computer whiz, do you feel like you're um, C3PO? Well, I mean, I think I, I mean, probably probably not. Um, I think I think three PO is an annoying character. The real answer, by the way, to your question is is uh, uh, everybody everybody really likes like every every Star Wars fan has their own favorite like small character like like it's only in the movies for a few moments. R two D two is a small um, character. Very he's funny. a small, but he's got a, he plays a large role though. Is mm. the thing. It's like you don't want to pick um, a cliche character. Like, uh, like an overwhelming. You don't want favorite. to pick a cliche character. It's right? like how everyone says their favorite fan. Beatle is George. Right. Um, my favorite. My favorite character, I think, overall, to be quite honest, with you is probably the Emperor. He's such a little bitch. Like he's so great. The he's got all these like, and that's what, and that's what I was saying. Like as you get older, you start appreciating these characters in a different way. And I remember when they re released. Return of the Jedi with the special edition effects in the 1990s. I was, in, I was in college. We went to go see this flick again, and I never knew it at the time until I saw those re-release of this movie that he's just like in Jedi. He's like taunting Luke, and he's like, "Oh, your friends will die and stuff." And he's just like, he's a real badass. And I remember being a kid, being like, "I don't give a, sh I don't give a, you know, I care about this dude because he's like." a decrepit old wrinkly guy that's not Darth Vader. But as I got older, I'm like, this guy's the real villain in this is thing. And it's much ask, better. Is he a good guy or a bad guy? He's a bad guy. Well, it's, it's a fun journey for the character oh. uh, because he starts off and you're like, is this guy a good guy? And then uh, as the prequels go on, you start to realize, my goodness, he's, he's the worst of the worst. He's a Sith, the enemy of the Jedi, who's actually clouding the minds of everybody uh, in Coruscant, uh, the Republic's capital, to eventually build a clone army to issue Order 66 and order the clone army to kill all the Jedi so that he could ascend to become the emperor of the first galactic empire and start creating planet-destroying superweapons. Boy, that sounds like can't miss stuff. Uh, does he, uh, does he, like, you, you said that there was some kind of uh, some funky stuff with him. I like villains if they do that. Does he kind of like jump around and say like, I'm going to trick you and things like that? It's very much like that, actually. He's very sort of awesome. taunting. 
he shoots lightning out of his hands and he makes fun of Yoda's height How's at one posture? point. Does he have bad posture? Yeah. DJ's favorite He's thing. horrible posture. Yes. DJ's horrible favorite posture. thing in the world is like a flamboyant villain. I love flamboyant. Like, ooh, like, you'll never catch me. And they like jump up on a table and it's like, dude, I can walk up on that table too. <laughs> I love those guys. Uh, yeah. Here's a question. He, can, he, convinces, he convinces Hayden Christensen to like push Samuel L. Jackson out of a skyscraper window. At one point in Attack of the Clones. I bet he giggles. Uh, here's a question Kinda for you. Them. Have you seen it yet? Have you seen the new one yet? No, I haven't. I, I actually have uh, uh, tickets for the Cinema and Draft House in Brooklyn uh, yeah. for Friday. Um, I'm not seeing an opening night. I'm going to see it the day after. And I'm dutifully avoiding every review and spoiler that I can, yeah, which is getting I mean, hard. It's, uh, it's a really hard gig when your entire life is like, online right. as, as, as mine is as a, as a new media hockey writer. Uh, so I'm doing the best I can, uh, but it's, it's been difficult. It's a very first world problem, but it's been very difficult. It's also been insanely difficult with this movie because it seems like everybody in the world has already seen it somehow. Well, it's an interesting release pattern with these movies. I don't know if you've, got, if you've picked up on this yet. So on, on one day, they have the big premiere with all the, the, the actors and actresses from the movie and the robots and whatever, and they invite all of the geek journalists. So, like, you know, I'm Derek whatever from io9. Ugh. And then, like, they watch the movie, and Derek's like, listen, I can't review the movie, but it was the greatest thing since mm. penicillin. <laughs> and, and then, like, then the next day that they, they allow all the real reviewers to review it, and they can't review the movie either, so you get more sort of like tweets about how great the movie is, but without discussing the nuance of it and why it might not be the best thing ever. And then, you know, so you get like waves of these different reviews, all of them fairly positive and, and most of them very enthusiastic before the flick even comes out, before the, any reviews of the flick even come out. Well, there we, we saw uh, War Dogs and there was no embargo when we saw it, so we were allowed to say whatever we want. We were like, War Dogs was the best movie ever. And then like a week and a half later, it came out and everyone was like, no, it wasn't. We are like, shut up. Yeah, it was. And then we went back and saw it again. And we were like, yeah, it was. So... That's our when I worked at a news when I worked at a newspaper, I used to get into these screenings, like critic screenings, a lot. And I, I saw Darren Aronofsky's The Fountain uh, at a critic screening, and uh, and and I walked out, and and this woman walked up to me with a clipboard, and she's like, "Hey, we're collecting some blurbs uh, for the poster. You have? You, did you want to share anything about the movie?" I'm like, "Yeah, I hated it a lot." And, uh, and she said, "She said to me, that's probably not going to make probably the poster.' Probably not going to make the poster. Uh, so you said you're trying to go in blind to uh, the Last Jedi. I'm trying to, yeah. Horrible I mean, movie watching I, strategy. <laughs> I feel, I feel like this one, from from what I've gathered from the few reviews I've read, like I feel like this one is one of these things where like uh, there's a lot of sort of surprises and swerves and stuff in the movie, and you're better off going in as cold as you can." Which is good sometimes. I actually saw the, the uh, member of Beautiful Mind. Like, I saw a Beautiful oh, yeah. Mind uh, stone cold uh, without even knowing anything about it. So, like, midway through the movie when everything is, is in his imagination or whatever, I'm like, what? <laughs> I think the less you know, the better it is. You're not one of the people that just, like, avoids the trailers too, though, right? Because I know there's – No, I'm not. I'm not that, that – I'm not that militant. And, and what's funny about, about, like, geek cinema in 2017 or, or thereabouts – is that there are some movies like like Force like uh, the Force Awakens and Last Jedi that I really don't want to know anything about them before I could go see them, and then there are others like oh, Prometheus and Alien Covenant 
where I just want to know everything about them. And, and part of the joy is following the production process and seeing all the rumors and, and predictions about what the movie is going to be and then seeing it and seeing what it ends up being. And then you're and undoubtedly disappointed because the movie that you have in your head is better than the movie that's on screen. How about this? Uh, if I wore a Star Wars shirt, having only seen... Uh, I've seen the first movie, Episode One twice, uh, and I haven't seen any of the other ones. And I actually... I didn't even hate that movie, but I was just like, this whole thing isn't for me. I like the part with the guy... Uh, there was like a guy at the pod racing track, I remember. I think he like ran it or something. And uh, he would kind of sing this song to himself. And it was like Klezmer. And that was a cool part of the movie. Otherwise, not for me. But if I wore a Star Wars shirt, having just seen that one movie, uh, would you and your Star Wars fans be mad? Because I'd already have the comeback ready that no one who wears a Ramones shirt or a Misfits shirt listens to the Misfits or the Ramones. No, we wouldn't be mad at all because, again, like this, this notion that Star Wars geekery is somehow a, uh, uh, a, a you know, a, a, a cloistered thing. Like, like we're very myopic about our our fandom, and it's a very small tent. I mean, Star Wars T-shirts are on sale at Target. Like, we don't care. And and it and and Star Wars is so mainstream now that I don't think that it is one of these things where it's like you're not a real fan. We just assume everybody's a fan. So it's not even a thing like that. But we need to we need to get into the, this. We need to like put you on the couch for a second. So, what was the the Phantom Menace the only Star Wars movie you saw? Twice. Yep. But why though? <laughs> because I don't know. Like there is like going into the Lord of the Rings movies. I was like, I I know you're all very excited. I feel like I'm just not going to care much for this. And I it was done, and everyone was like, great, right? And I was like, oh my god, I hated i did i don't like hate the movie i hate watching the movie i hate spending my i just just sitting there and they were like it just moves so slow and it's so long uh avatar another one kill me with avatar that's the highest grossing movie ever i saw a thing you treated today about the like the highest grossing movies if avatar is the highest grossing movie ever then thriller apparently sucks too because bad things just do well well in Avatar's case, it made all that money because it was the first movie to really use the 3D experience in the theater in an inventive way. It was more like going the to Monsters do something Monsters vs. Aliens did that, though, and that was so much better. It was like six <laughs> years later, but... But, 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 but you like, make more money when you like, convince people to go to 3D oh, to pay showings for, oh, I hear and you. IMAX showings and things like that. I hear you. Monsters vs. Aliens. But, you're, but, but you understand, though, like, like your opinion about Star Wars... It's like it's like it's like someone who says I'm not a hockey fan. You're like, why aren't you a hockey fan? And they're like, oh, I watched a uh, Carolina Arizona game on a Tuesday night, and it was super boring. Yeah, and there was nobody at the arena. So you're like, if your only entry point to this is the Phantom Menace, which by the way is a film that I'll I'll defend, then I don't understand. Like, why didn't you ever sample the the good movies to to see if maybe you like those? It's weird because like also. I'm fully aware my mindset as it relates to Star Wars is totally, totally, totally against everything I stand for. Not as far as like, like I'm a like I'm a geek, so I should like this geeky thing. I hate when people approach things the way that I approach Star Wars, which is like, I just don't know anything about it, so whatever, that's it, I'm done with it, blah blah. Like we we talked recently about how I hate every time Bill Belichick is like. Oh, I don't use Snapface. I'm like, if you spent a second looking up what it is, then you wouldn't keep calling it by the wrong name. Like, give us a little effort. I hate when people do that. I hate one of our friends, Jim, always knocks the Foo Fighters. And I was like, oh, name three Foo Fighters songs. He was like, why would I? They suck. And I'm like, just get out of here with that. Just apply yourself. 
and but I just can't do it because it's Star Wars is so uninteresting to me that I can't even do that uh, that like minimal research to know what I had. To, I seriously today I couldn't remember uh, George Lucas's name off the top of my head. That was that's like how little I can get into Star Wars. But why didn't you watch the good movies though? Because <laughs> because it didn't uh, the. The first one was the one that came out when I was in, like, I don't know, fifth grade, fourth uh, grade, something like that. See, this is, and going this to is, the movies a was certain, fun. There is a certain generational gap, uh, and I think the prequels are part of it. I think, people, I, think, I think people that were sort of in their formative years between, say, like, 93 or 4 and, like, Attack of the Clones, I think that's a generation that Star Wars might have skipped a little bit. But, because the first... The first, the first exposure to it were inferior movies that were built on better movies. And if you didn't know the better movies, A, you couldn't appreciate the inferior newer movies, and B, you probably didn't want to go back and see them because the new ones sucked. But, but, 1993, when I was a kid, uh, the, I would, around our house, we would listen to The River of Dreams all the time. That was Billy Joel. That was the, the Billy Joel album that was out when I was a kid. And you said that the, you were talking about a movie from 1977. The Stranger came out in 1977. I got into the new Billy Joel as a kid, and then as I grew up, I was like, yo, Billy Joel piques my interest, and I went back, and then I went to stuff in 1987. Right. That's pretty but similar that- to what happened to my st- with my Star Wars experience, because I think the first Star Wars that I ever saw was Episode Three, the the last one, uh, and... I I liked that one. I didn't have any idea what the hell was going on, really, but I liked it, and I went back and I watched all six of them. Yeah. yeah, like imagine, and, and this should be a life lesson for you to go back and and have that same experience with the Star Wars films that you had with Billy Joel. Could you imagine if somebody, some somebody's impression of John Larroquette was old man on TNT's The Librarians and not his work on Night Court? Do you know how sad that is? Yeah, that would be. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I don't know. I think I actually need to go to therapy about like why I won't let Star Wars into my life. <laughs> I just I'll watch I'll which one should I watch? You I I, I was going to say this you should watch the start the, the beginning the Force make sure Awakens. I watch episode I, 1 a uh, third there, time. There I, is there is a there is a preferred sequence for me. Okay. And so it goes like this. You start off with with episode 4, the one from 77. And then you uh watch Empire. Uh I don't want to spoil it for DJ. There is a big twist at the end of Empire. And then you go back and, and, and you make you, – you somehow edit together Attack of the Clones. That. That's how little I know about Star Wars. It just dawned on me. I'm like, oh, is, is that the Luke father thing? <laughs> is yes. that, that – that's that? Yes, that is that. You nice. somehow edit together Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones into one good movie. And then that acts as sort of a flashback to Anakin's childhood – and then I'm not a huge fan of it, but people really like Revenge of the Sith. So then you watch Revenge of the Sith to see how the whole thing played out uh, and why he turned bad. And then you watch Return of the Jedi as the whiz-bang finale for that uh, original six movies. And then you watch The Force Awakens and this new one. And if you have time, you watch the last 25 minutes of Rogue One. Uh, did, did, did the kid who played Anakin, uh, is he into drugs? I don't know if he's into the drugs or if he's yeah. just like super bitter. Like he, I remember him being really angry uh, about having been maligned as a child actor. But oh. are, you, are you talking about Jake Lloyd, the little kid, or, or yeah, Hayden wait, Christensen? So, 
was was episode one panned? I know that it had like it's it's aged oh, yeah. horribly, but uh, was at the, when it came out where people were were people like this sucks or were they just like oh Star Wars? <laughs> no, they were like this sucks. And uh, and honestly, it was one of the it was one of the most classic situations of the trailer over promising something. The trailers oh. for the for the Phantom S were like immaculate, like they, they had, were like, perfect, Paul and then Walker the movie comes out pod. Uh, <laughs> pod cars and <laughs> and then and then the movie came out and and I think people forced themselves to like it but overall I like I I I don't hate that flick because I think that unlike the other two movies it, it actually tried to do some different things and it actually had a cohesive story that ran through the entire movie and it had practical effects instead of looking like a video game cutscene all the time I feel like I feel like I know DJ pretty well, and I think the best course of action to get him into it is to just make him wa- watch The Force Awakens, just because it is the the newest and most polished one, and Shiny. it's just and it's just kind of like it, it, it's more. Uh, I feel like you'll be more accepting of it because it's newer <laughs> and has like the new technology and has people that you right, recognize. right, and and also. Does, he also has no frame of reference to episode four to understand what they lifted. So he's right. not going to be go, go, walking out of the movie being angry about it being a carbon copy right. of another movie because he hasn't seen the other movie. Right. Does So actually, I, this sounds very enjoyable for me. I'll watch that one. And then the other one that everyone's like, oh, this new one's a copy of that other one. I'll say that the uh, other one is a bad version of this new one. I think Pete's on to something. Like, I think you like... I mean, The Force Awakens is, is cotton candy. I mean, it, it's, it's a fun, fun movie. Right. And, uh, and, and easy, easily enjoy, very enjoyable. Simple. Very much like the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movie. It's just the people running around and things chasing them and then shooting lasers and, and there's some pathos. And then, like, this new one is made by an actual filmmaker. Like, Ryan Johnson's legitimately a great filmmaker. Uh, and and that's why one of the reasons why I think this everybody's saying the movie is good. So as a lover of good films, you should get up to speed with the Star Wars stuff with The Force Awakens and then see the good movie. Is Felicity Jones in The Force Awakens? Uh, she no. Um, is she in any of them? I thought that she was in Star Wars movies. She's in she's in Rogue One. She's such a babe. Um, I so is um uh uh Prisoner Daisy House. Ridley. Yes, oh, Daisy Ridley is unbelievable. I've Who been is trying Daisy to put. Ridley? I guarantee I've been you, trying Felicity to... Jones is uh, more. Is Daisy prettier. Daisy Ridley Daisy Ridley is the latest model in the uh, the, the 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 clone army. Uh, whatever template that produced both Keira Knightley and Natalie Portman oh, also okay. produced Daisy Ridley. Yeah, yes. they're all the same. She is the uh, model. She's the gorgeous woman from Murder on the Orient Express. Oh. Yeah, but Fel- yeah, Felicity Jones is definitely better looking than her. Mm. Felicity Jones is. I would say, I'd say no, but it's very, cl- it's close. She's quite perfect. Um, so I was looking at the IMDb of this new one, and uh, is uh, is <laughs> Tom Hardy in it or not? In this new one on the IMDb, it says Tom Hardy, stormtrooper, and then in parentheses, oh. rumored. Yeah. Well, so it- let me guess, they we're making just- another movie. With Tom Hardy, where you cover up his face, and then everyone can talk about like, oh, Tom Hardy, they covered up his face. <laughs> Fucking Star Wars, but they, but Star Wars does that where they stick like they stick very famous people into stormtroopers, and they barely yeah. acknowledge them. In in in, in the Force nice. Awakens, one of the 
one of the stormtroopers was Daniel Craig. Like, it's sort of a tradition to do that, because everybody outside of DJ is a Star Wars fan, so they find it to be kind of an honor to be in these films, even if they're covered up by a stormtrooper helmet. I would like to see an action movie where they hide a fugitive by having him play a stormtrooper, <laughs> so they don't know where he is, and he was in a stormtrooper well, the whole time. I have some really good news for you. If you're a fan of, of people disguising themselves as stormtroopers, there's a little film called Star Wars you might be interested in. <laughs> uh, good. That was pretty good. Good Star Wars joke. <laughs> uh, you uh, got me. Do you have uh, Do you have any uh, predictions heading into uh, The Last Jedi? I know that there's uh, a very large contingent of people trying to guess who converts to the dark side. Yeah, I kind of, I'm kind of like, in in full disclosure, I think, I think Kylo, Kylo Ren, Adam Driver's character was probably the best thing in the force awakens. I just find that to be, he's a, he's a really good actor. And also the idea of not only like the, the son of of Han Solo and princess Leia being a character and, and having that whole baggage thing going on with him, but the idea of, of, of your villain being basically a Darth Vader fanboy who simply cannot achieve right. what his idol achieved is, is just like, a really fascinating trope. So I'm, I'm hoping to get a lot of, of that and, and his sort of struggle. And, and I don't know if I want a face turn from him in these movies, but I, I wanted to maybe have it be a thing where maybe we think he's, he's on the right, the path of good and light, and then he doesn't get there. Right. I, but, I, um, I, I, I kind of I agree with you. Like that was a big a big thing that I had a problem with when people reacted to uh, the Force Awakens because I there was a lot of people who said that Adam Driver's character was really whiny and really annoying and like emo and and I was like it's it's cool and different to have a a villain who's not like this over dramatic. Uh, or oversold villainy character where it's like this person has human flaws and is like a is really torn and kind of struggling yeah. with who he is and I, and I liked that about it yeah he's kind of a phony like he's he's right. clearly got the, the the force thing going on i mean he stopped a a, a laser beam one at one point in the movie with his hand which is pretty cool uh but like he, he the idea that that he's sort of faking it and uh, and and all of his of his uh, his DNA and his programming should be that he is one of the good guys, uh, and and simply has decided to take another path is really interesting. The other thing too is I really hope they don't turn Luke bad. I, I mean, I, I you know I think there's some inklings of that in some of the marketing and stuff, but I, I don't I don't want to see that. Like uh, I think he he can be kind of a curmudgeon, uh, but I don't want to see him as an outright villain. Do you think uh, Do you think there's a chance that uh, Daisy Ridley's character? goes to the dark side because that seems it could to be, be one of the things that the trailer wants you to believe yeah it, it, it does and i think the other thing i'd like not to see in this movie is for to ha- for her to have any relation to the skywalker family um I, I, and then maybe that just means that she's like you know has the force and she was at you know luke skywalker's school for kids who have the force and then there was that big slaughter and then she got put somewhere else but I would rather her not be like, you know, you know, harken back to Empire and it's like, you're my niece or whatever. Uh, you know, I don't want that to happen. What if there's some sort of like physical challenge that they do where they have to <laughs> Double like, race each other and see who can do the most jumping jacks or something? <laughs> what? You mean between uh, Kylo Ren and, and Ray? No, just. <laughs> just... Oh. 
DJ is... When Pete was just asking his good Star Wars question, I was like, fuck, I wish I understood a word of this. <laughs> I'm such a dick. <laughs> um... Uh, well, let me ask you this, DJ. DJ, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Do you? What happens when you're watching the, an old episode of The Simpsons and they make a Star Wars reference? Do you understand it? No, I really don't. I. Uh, you were never even, curious even to find out why why they're not in forever. It. I haven't watched The Simpsons in like 31 seasons, so. Uh, yeah, neither just, have I. So I've only seen like three quarters of the series. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, did no, you ever? Yeah, a, a lot of things you can tell are not like so. A lot of fight scenes in movies are nods to the "They Live" fight scene, and a lot of people don't understand that, right? You know, right? Uh, they don't put the glasses on, right? And like, it's like this long, dragged out thing that's just like more of a physical struggle than an actual fight. And a lot of people see that scene over and over again, and they don't realize, like, oh, okay, this is a nod to "They Live." I see things happen in shows that I'm like, I bet. This is clearly a reference to something. It's probably Star Wars. Uh, let me ask you, Greg. Does does Dave watch Star Wars? Dave Lozo. Lozo is a Star Wars uh, fan of some sort. I think, like most things, he he genuinely doesn't like it. He and, watches and it and so he can of, be snarky about it. Yeah, I think so. I think I think unlike you, he he um, th- there is that twinge of of. Uh, of FOMO when it comes to the Star Wars movies. And maybe it's because he feels like I'm Puck Soup. Like, he knows we'll have to talk about it, so maybe it's just homework for him or whatever. But I also think that he likes to see it just to then be able to to mock others for their, their uh, passionate uh, uh, embrace of, of, of these films. What is that one uh, screen grab of Vince Vaughn that he always posts? Do you know that? That was from a movie. That was from like I think Vince Vaughn was in a movie that was going to try to be like his Taken, and in the movie he's wearing a horrible hairpiece. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about, Pete? No, I don't. He use it all. Of you'd be like, like when when Eli throws a pick or something, and it's that. And I'm like, yeah, well, dude, Eli always throws picks. He sucks. By the way, c- congrats, Giants. You got Eli back this weekend and got destroyed with him again. Uh, I always think it's weird when you like when you don't understand the source material of something that you always see on the internet, and then you actually see it from yeah. what it's from. Mm-hmm. That happened to me this week. I saw, I finally saw the episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where Jerry gets, where like he does the uh, and gets up out of his seat at the yeah, at the, like not for the producers play yeah. in Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, and it was just really weird. Mm. I uh, well, you saw. In case, oh, by the way, boys, in case you're wondering, the the movie that we were talking about before with Vince Vaughn's hair is a movie called Term Life. So you know what sucks? That movie. I guarantee you. Just I know myself too well. I am going to come away from this, and I'm going to watch Term Life instead (laughs) of Star Wars things. And as I'm watching it, it's like. You know when like there are two things you could do. One's a really fun thing, it'd be a great thing, and the other one's like, why the fuck would I do that? And you're doing the other thing, and you're like, man, why? Why do I make these decisions? I'm gonna be in the middle of term life, being like, I have it on the best authority that Star Wars is a good movie. Why am I doing this? It's you. Term have- life is a, 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 there's a thief named Nick who plans and sells heists to the highest bidder. But he's forced to take his daughter, Haley Steinfeld, Ooh. of Pitch Perfect yeah. 2 fame, who hasn't had a relationship with him her whole life. They go on the lam when one of his heist jobs goes bad. 
Mm. And that's the movie. Mm. Oh my God! It's directed by Peter Billingsley of the Chris- of a Christmas Story fame. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's really no him and did. him and Vince Vaughn are like best buds. Wow, uh, Vince Vaughn actually. Yeah. Uh, you can write a story on this. Chicago Blackhawks fan. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah, I, 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 I never I never heard about that. I see your picture of Vince Vaughn in a bad hairpiece, and I raise you a picture of Vince Vaughn wearing a Chicago Blackhawks jersey at a Chicago Blackhawks game. Vince Vince Vaughn, by the way, for all of the mockery of him at Chicago Blackhawks game, and there's been much of it, will ever forever be a a, a guy that I will honor because he took one of the single most awkward pictures in in hockey history with Gary Bettman at the Winter Classic press box. And Vince Vaughn looking miserable and and, and Gary Bettman looking like he – well, looking like he just met Vince Vaughn. Let's put it that way. Here's a uh, great hockey question. Um, Pete, I know the answer to this. Who is the best hockey fan? Or who's celebrity hockey, hockey fan? fan? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. It's as soon as um, we say it, you're gonna be like, "Oh yeah, right." It's this person. Well, it, better, it best not be Cuba Gooding Jr. It, of course, <laughs> it's Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> it's, I would say it's a pretty, it's a close tie between. It's a one A and one B situation with Cuba Gooding Jr. and. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Retta. No, because Retta's cool and fun, <laughs> right. and Cuba Gooding Jr. is out of but, his mind. That wins every single time. <laughs> right. So there has the to a. be a, there has to be a category. There has to be a category for defunct teams because that stretch where Lil John was wearing Atlanta Thrashers jerseys oh, and he, holding right. a pimp goblet. Yeah. But he is he is now amazing. he's now the Vegas Golden Knights number one fan. Lil John. Yeah. Oh, I would think that he'd be. A oh, he did. He did, yeah, he should be a Jets fan, right? Yeah. No, he's a, he's for sure a Las Vegas Golden Knights fan. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, no, but Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, it was really, was too, that's, that's too bad. I was really hoping for a Mark Shifley name drop in the next <laughs> hip-hop <laughs> album that little John puts out. Hey, the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets will rue the day they uh, passed on Dougie Hamilton to take Mark Shifley. Pierre Maguire said that. The one time he knocked any sort of prospect was when <laughs> <laughs> the Jets took Shifley, and he was like, why did they do that? <laughs> But Dougie, <laughs> Shafley was awesome. Have, have, did you guys have to use the, in Boston the jaws of life to get Pierre off of Charlie McAvoy's ass? Oh God, yeah, probably. Uh, who, I'm trying to think of who Pierre would get most excited it, it, to there see was, when he there was, a, down. there was oh, a, a, a Don Del Negro, the the Bruins trainer. Every oh yeah, Don, Donnie Del Negro. By see, the way. Yeah, Donnie he lives to see injuries in Bruins games, so they can be like, and Chara's down, and this does not look good. You'll remember in 2014 he tore his MCL. Yeah, guys, that's Donnie Del Negro. He's running out there. He's taking a look at him now. Uh, looks like it. They're like, yeah. So what, what would the Bruins be without Char? Oh God, yeah, Donnie's looking at him. He's got. There was, there was a there was a national game that Pierre did uh, with the Bruins like a month ago, and I think it was, was it Jake DeBrusque or somebody locally. Uh, no, it wasn't DeBrusque, but it was somebody locally who played for Belmont Hill for like once for like. Oh, one he loves semester. talking about Belmont Hill and like, Cushing. It was like one semester, and Pierre was like, "Ah, oh, a lot of people at Belmont Hill are really proud of you." And then I was like. It's like, no, oh, people okay. at Belmont Hill keep to themselves, and they're like in finance now, and they're, they're not thinking about other people. He was like, uh, I it, forgot I went to Belmont Hill. I saw. You know, guys, it's re- it's a real mystery as to why more people don't watch hockey on television here <laughs> in the states. I uh, I saw uh, Donnie Del Negro after like the night after one of their games that was televised by them, and I was like, Hey, so you got a shout out, and he was like. Yeah, what was I? I heard that he was talking about me. I was like, 
He said your name a lot of times. Like, they showed you for four seconds. I don't even think there was an injury. They just showed the – they're like, Bruce Cassidy in his first season. Oh, guys, you'll see that's Donnie Del Negro right there behind him. If we can can move the camera, please get the shot away from the coach, Donnie Del Negro. Donnie Del Negro. Uh, He's a great guy. Uh, So, uh, yeah, I look forward to watching Term Life. Well, I think I think we've really succeeded here. I I came on I came on 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 the, the podcast in a valiant effort to get you to watch good Star Wars movies, and instead I've gotten you to watch the worst Vince Vaughn movie. This is exactly how I wanted it to go. <laughs> it's like a teacher's like if 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 you don't apply yourself here, you're going to end up on drugs. And I'm like, tell me about drugs. Drugs sounds oh, good. Shit, you're, you're right. I completely botched this. I should have come on extolling the virtues of yeah, Vince Vaughn like, and Term Life. You wouldn't get it. You right. listen to the Beatles. You're stupid. And I would be like, oh, right. Dumb. And you would have been. You would have been. You would have been like you know spoken out and been petulant and been like, you don't tell me which Vince Vaughn movie to watch. I'm going to watch. Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I choose my own adventures, sir. Here's where you can take a small victory, though. Uh, the initial plan was to have you on the show and talk and tell you that we wanted to talk to you about Star Wars, and then we were just going to talk about Harry Potter the entire time. Oh, right. <laughs> we didn't. Yeah, because that's a thing that we do all the time. Uh, we're, we pretend to mistake Star Wars for Harry Potter. Yeah, <laughs> Harry and Potter, Lord of the Rings. People really enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, people that 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 gets probably the most uh, play on Twitter. People would be like, "Hey, uh, funny the first couple times, stop doing it, thanks." And we're like, "No." <laughs> See, uh, so months. you're saying you're saying that you confuse a film about uh, a young uh, boy uh, whisked into a world of adventure uh, who uh, may or may not be the chosen one. Uh, who is uh, fighting against an evil dark lord who has some sort of familial connection to him. Ooh, and you confuse this wow. with Star Wars. Yeah, those are saying. the same things. Mm. But there's no cool... Sc- because do, uh, do your little fucking um, uh, toy swords leave scars? Yes. <laughs> that was... That was, uh, that was uh, what's his face? That was David Wallace on the phone with Michael when he suge- when he's suggesting his party idea, and then there's like <laughs> silence, and he's like, "Do we lose you?" No, he's still here. Still, he's just still goes, here. No. <laughs> but that, but that, I mean, that's I mean, you know, big picture. Star Wars has influenced nearly every story that's been told in the last forty years, but so also itself is derivative of every story that was told before it. It's a classic, a classic it? tome. What a jack! Well, it's it's based on Joseph Joseph Campbell's teaching of the hero's journey, you know, the rejection of the of the call. And, heroes uh, was I thought chosen that was like one. a two thousand seven project. Hayden <laughs> <laughs> Panettiere, yeah, right? yeah. And who else was in it? Uh, super. Uh, who's the girl? Allie Larder. Yeah, her. Oh, she the is she the whipped cream bikini? Girl? Yes, I've also not seen that movie, Varsity Blues. Yeah, I've not seen that movie. Hmm. But Ali Larder, I can't, is, uh, you're you're completely forgetting about the huge big star that was also in in Heroes, uh, that guy who played Hero on Heroes, who who could time travel. Who was that you star? Know, I have no idea. Also, uh, Zach, uh, Zachary Quinto, uh, who would go on to play Spock as Siler, the villain that was so great that they kept him inexplicably alive for the horrible second season of is Heroes. Zachary Quinto, the guy, was he also in Twenty Four first season? Was he the guy? 
his sister ends up in one of the places that like melt down, and Chloe's really insensitive about it, and she's like, "No, he he played he he played the cougar." Zachary Quinto is the guy who kind of looks like Joe Flacco, right? No, yeah, wait, Zachary, hold on. Yeah. Zachary Quinto was in 24. He played Adam Kaufman. I know a guy named Adam Kaufman, <clears throat> also white. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. So that'll do it for Star Wars Talk. Thanks, Greg. We'll check out your stuff on ESPN and follow you on Twitter. You're the best. Also, I'm Thanks, too. boys. And, also, and, 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 and also Puck Soup, yeah, my po- and also my ESPN podcast with Emily Kaplan called ESPN on Ice has just debuted this week as well, so please ooh. do check that out. Uh, Pete, I hope that you enjoy The Last Jedi, and DJ, may the Force be with you, always. Ooh, I get that now. Well, that was good. Good thing we did it. I'm glad that we had that conversation. I'm, I'm at least grateful that you are willing to play along with the idea because I'm excited about yeah. Star Wars. At one part, you guys got into like a fucking volley and I was like, I posted. It was, it was definitely the Kylo Ren. Uh, Whatever. The oh. Kylo Ren, uh, him being like uh, a different sort of villain, uh, like a, a troubled villain. I a villain don't who's insecure. A villain who's insecure <laughs> with uh, never being good enough and living up to the expectations. I can't of his identify father, with Darth. Darth. I'm always good enough about and... living up to Darth Vader and uh, insecure, and not going to live up to the greatness of his parents. Darth Vader's and... fake. It's a freaking movie, man. Mm. Doesn't he know that? Mm. Darth Vader's from a from a fucking movie. It could be could be real, man. Yeah. Uh, so. Know. That was, you haven't explored all the galaxies. Yourself. That was awesome. Yeah, when you guys were having that conversation, like I posted something to our Instagram story. What do you think I, the chances are that you see this movie? Is it non-zero or is it zero? Well, I factor in the fact that I think we're all going to die into everything. It's like, hey, what do you think? Do you think that like you'll own a house by the time blah blah? blah? And I'm like, I think that we'll be dead by that time. And they're like, uh. Do you think that like you're gonna have a date to this wedding? Blah blah. I'm like, you're you're not gonna have your wedding. We're all gonna fucking die. Uh, on that note, I've I've become the person at CBS Sports who just like factors in like a very morbid line good. into every good. into fucking every proud post of that I write. It's very like, proud of you today. Uh, today I was like, hey, the new Game of Thrones not going to come out to t- 2019 if we make it to yeah. then. Well, I <laughs> like, seriously... I find a way to work that into everything I write, and people have taken notice. I did not buy uh, Bruno Mars tickets. After the election, <laughs> Bruno Mars tickets went on sale for this past October, and I didn't buy tickets because I was like, I'm fucking spending that money on peanut butter to fucking last us. Not fucking Bruno Mars tickets for a show It's not going to fucking happen. But now... Now I don't know. I don't know if I'm just if I have a new lease on life or something. I, I'm buying tickets for shit in the future. I got well, at uh, this point. It's like why not spend all your money because that's true. If, if we're gonna die, and plus then now it got, doesn't matter. And I've bought enough peanut butter at this point that I'll be <laughs> I'll be okay for a little bit. But that's what that's gonna suck, man. Like the grid's gonna go down. Everyone's gonna fucking die. And I'll be like, oh, well, good thing I have this food that'll last me. And then jokes on me. Everyone's gonna be fucking dead, and I'm gonna be alive. That's the worst fucking case scenario. Yeah. I, and then, like, people would come and they'd be like, oh, good, another survivor. We might, I'd be like, oh, no, we must have to, what, what, what must we fucking do I now? I think I'd be okay if I was, like, the lone survivor for a while. I don't need, I don't need other people. Like, as long as I have I uh, things, other people. if I have things to consume, yeah. uh, I'll be fine. But, like, you won't have things to consume. If the grid goes down. Yeah. Well, that's how it's happening, man. 
Um, I don't know if there if there's like one if there's one specific way to preserve Netflix. Like if there's there's one place if in like the, the United States that yeah. has uh, a working if like connection. The, the Netflix generator is still yes. is still up. I will find it and I will spend the rest of my days there. That's the most difficult one to hack or uh, destroy with an EMP. If you uh, had if you had a choice like apocalyptic world and you had to choose between uh like so so say the world ends Mm -hmm. and netflix is as is on the day the world ends uh or hbo go is as is on the day the world ends what are you choosing if you have to pick one of them i am actually choosing hbo go because like it or not there's gonna be fucking work to do so if I have Netflix, I'm going to be fucking glued to it all day because it's got The Office and it's got things that I'm going to spend all day doing. Kerber Enthusiasm really is the only thing on Netflix that takes up all my time because I never... HBO Go? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. On HBO Go, yeah. Because uh, I am i don't binge The Wire. I'll go back and watch like, right. one episode every now and then. Uh, I'm sure at some point... Well, I'm I, bin- I mean, like I binge The Wire, but it's, it's, m- it's more of like a... You run through it like it consumes consumes like a couple months because if you're watching The Wire, you're getting through it in a couple months. Curb Your Enthusiasm, I feel like you can watch whenever. Just keep going through it. It's yeah. like The Office. Like you can just keep going yeah, through it. Yeah, it never gets old. Right. Yeah. It's not as uh, – like they're, they're segmented. Like huh. you can watch one at a time. It's very hard to watch one at a time for The Wire. Um. Should we do songs? Yeah. Yeah, let's do songs. Um, speaking of playlists, I started to make my best of 2017 playlist. So I'm just going to put some songs on here that I really loved this year that I had not yet put on the playlist. Um, Tower the Creator had a fuck his uh, tiny desk came out this week, and it's so fucking good. Like, must watch. Amazing. One of the best tiny desks ever. Watch it. Really, really good. I'm going to put Boredom. Off of Flower Boy. Uh, uh, White Reaper, you a while ago put uh, World's Best American Band. Great song. I'm putting Judy French by those guys. That's one of the fucking best songs of the year. So fucking good. And lastly, I'm going to add a song that I tweet about a lot but have never put on this playlist. I'm adding Hero Town by Wolfpack. It Mm. is terrific. Is it better than uh, Devil Town? Yes, Definitely. Devil Town's a very good song. Yeah, but nah. The, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, the Hero Town's better. My songs are going to be a surprise this week. I'm having a surprise ads because we're recording this very early on in the week. You don't, you're, oh man, you did that with uh, Wyshynski too. You're like, we're recording this on Tuesday. You don't want to make the listeners feel like they're listening to something that's fucking old You know what? I like stale. to be transparent. I, I like to let them in on on what our process is. Okay, this is being recorded on. This is from December. The this is ooh, 